bleed my own blood. Nobody! Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Fake Pigskin Pigmatic uh, Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Asher Curzon, back from a week off. I was in Kansas City um, where I had some good steak and <laughs> uh, listened to some good jazz. Um, but happy to be back again. Uh, Jeremy is not with us tonight, but uh, in his stead is Justin. How, how are you doing tonight, Justin? I'm not bad. Uh, I uh, was actually born right outside of Kansas City. Were you really? Uh, no, well, across the border. I was born in Kansas, but uh, right on the border there. Oh, okay. So you're. Pro- I've only been there once. This is the first time. So. Very flat. It it is very flat. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't argue that. Um. Did you now? Are you? Did you live there a long time, or or have you? Did you kind of move after? No, you no. I, I I moved away as a child, and um, I've got family. I've got part of my dad's side of the family. Uh, still lives there. Right, right near Manhattan. Right near. Uh, Kansas State University. Um, oh, okay. But okay. Uh, no, no I, yeah, I moved as a child. Yeah. Okay. Well, rough, rough weekend with the uh, the Wildcats last week for your family yeah. then. <laughs> Pretty, yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, you've got. Oh God, I, that, that was that was a nightmare. But I, I know Boykin's a Heisman candidate. I get that, but just fifteen yards of green grass everywhere he goes, every direction he turns, it's. It was, it was it was more than a little frustrating. Yeah. I I can imagine. I'm not a not a college football fan, um, other than the the NFL prospect side of it. Um, but I I definitely can sympathize sympathize with uh with people who are. So I get it. Um, so we'll transition a little bit tonight. We're gonna we're gonna keep it. We'll keep you guys uh, for a short podcast tonight, probably thirty minutes or so. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit of dynasty. A little bit of redraft and and definitely do some of the daily uh, fantasy with with Justin. So um, I guess for, for dynasty for me, you know, th- this past week kind of was was a little bit interesting. You know, guys that for me that that I wasn't that high on really seemed to be doing well. Um, so I mean, yeah. let, let's talk a little bit. I was not high on Odell Beckham uh, coming out. You know, I liked Ruben Randall or excuse me, not Ruben Randall, uh, Jarvis Landry. Ooh. Confusing them, uh, Landry better than 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 Del Beckham, but but uh, with the Cruz injury, it, it really seems like Beckham is the number one receiver. Um, and I know we talked about this. I think the last time we had you on the pod, do you foresee Cruz coming back and getting that that uh, number one spot back, or do you kind of see it as Cruz will be the, the second fiddle to to Odell Beckham? 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't see Cruz as much of a factor coming back. When we did our our dynasty rankings not long ago, I or probably about what two months ago, I um I was high on Cruz even after the injury. I had him as a top thirty receiver coming back, but. For one, from his side of things, when you look back on his time before his injury, he wasn't really the number one. I don't have his target numbers in front of me, but he wasn't a feared target. He wasn't uh, he wasn't somebody Eli just peppered with targets or anything like that. Um, I, I think it's pretty clearly Beckham's going forward. Um, yeah, if uh, I, I don't also don't have his contract details in front of me, but uh, I assume he'll be a giant, and um, I. I think he's their slot guy. I, you know, I think he's a 60, 65 catch guy, low impact, not great yardage, not great touchdown totals, but but it's it's Beckham's passing game now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would I would have to agree. Um, a guy that's kind of been trending <clears throat> trending in the opposite direction of Odell Beckham um, has been has been Michael Floyd with with the Cardinals. He's kind of been abysmal the last few weeks. Um, what do you take? What's your takeaway from the uh, Carson Palmer injury? And you know, with starting Drew Stanton, and how do you how do you see that affecting those receivers? Um, I guess just for this year, um, and then maybe you know, do you anticipate Palmer coming back, uh, health fully healthy next season? I know that's his goal. Well, I, I guess he has to. Um, the the contract he signed about ten minutes before his injury, um, he's they're on the hook for quite a bit for him next year. They've, I think they've got pretty much team options year by year after that. But um, they're they're kind of locked into him next year. But as for these receivers, I don't know how much that's going to help. All of a sudden, Bruce Arians' offense is is spreading it around. It's using a tight end. It's using a crappy tight end. It's using John Carlson for God's sake. <laughs> it's going the, the ball's going to everybody, and it seems to be going to everybody ahead of Floyd. Um, now, I didn't buy too heavily on Floyd and Dynasty. I, it's, it's strange. I loved him as a prospect coming in, but maybe his price was just too high every draft. But I never, never, never don't really own any Floyd Dynasty shares. Um, so I'm one of the few that I know of that hasn't been just tearing his hair out over over the season he's having. But um, I don't know how much good Palmer does for him anyway if he does come back. Now, Floyd, you know, you obviously don't want to throw in the towel on Floyd. He's so young. Um, he's 24 years old. All the talent in the world. Very very gifted guy. Good physical build. Good red zone potential, all that stuff. But I don't think Palmer will be his saving grace next year. I think Floyd might be one of those guys who languishes a little bit until until the right until the right quarterback comes along, the right young quarterback comes along, someone with a rapport with him that, that Palmer doesn't seem to have at this point. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um, Yeah, I, I don't see Floyd's impact getting any worse with Stanton. You know, um, I, there's been a lot of talk about how, you know, how much better Carson Palmer's arm is, arm strength, and, um, you know, the, everybody's kind of removed the Cardinals from that Super Bowl contention um, talk in the NFC. And, and for me, I guess... I guess Carson Palmer was having a good year. I've just never been a huge Carson Palmer guy. Um, oh yeah, me neither. <laughs> oh good, that makes two of us. Um, yeah. Guy that got a ton of love the last two seasons, um, but for whatever reason, you know, Lynch is is kind of stealing all the thunder in uh, in Seattle. You know, uh, Christine Michael rushed for seventy one yards on, on I think seven carries, um, just kind of ridiculous amount of yards. Uh, 
per carry. But uh, but what what are you thinking? Are you of the mindset that Lynch is gonna be gone next year? You know, we can finally rejoice, and uh, Christine Michael will will be the starting running back in Seattle. Or or do you kind of see there's a chance that they might resign Lynch, and you know we're all crying this time next year. Well, the the the, the common you know the, the sentiment right now among everybody is that Lynch is gone. Um, he's he's got a serious contract issue that's stopping him from coming his current deal. Um, but what people aren't understanding is that is that running backs do not make any money anymore. Free agent running backs, Marshawn Lynch doesn't have a payday waiting for him um, in Baltimore or anywhere. Um, if he leaves, he's going somewhere on a, on a two-year, six-million-dollar type deal, and that could very easily come from Seattle next year. Um, I, I love Michael. I really do. I caught the fever this past offseason. I bought some shares. Um, I had to cut him in redraft, of course. I've had to cut him over. Even in some keeper leagues, I've had to cut him over the course of the season to free up some room. But he's landed back on my roster in a couple of my in, in a couple of my um, in a couple of my leagues, and I'm buying up all the dynasty shares I can because of that talent. That said, Lynch is trusted. Turbin is kind of trusted, and at this point, Michael isn't. He doesn't really do anything in the passing game, so. If the opportunity is there, Michael enters next season as a running back one. If Turbin is moved to fullback or if he's stuck as the third down back for good and Michael is handed the job, they say, here, you're going to get 270 carries, he's, he's a slam dunk running back one next year and beyond. But that's not, I don't think it's quite the guarantee people think that is. That said, the amount of talent this guy shows on film, the amount of the agility he shows and just the, 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 the cutting and the – just he's just a joy to watch on film. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. He's a joy to watch on tape. So it's easy to be excited about him. I'm excited about him. I'm holding him. He's he's I'm treating him as a running back one going into next year until I until I see Lynch strike out in free agency and come back. Yeah, which yeah. I don't think will happen. I'm hoping not. I'm I'm hoping Seattle kind of cuts bait. Um, not because I dislike Lynch for any anything like that. I, I just own more shares of Christine Michael in, in Dynasty Leagues than I do of Lynch. Um, yeah. And, and I, I like to see guys that are that talented get a shot. You know, I hate hate them sitting behind starters. You know, for an excessive period of time, or what feels like an excessive period of time. Um, yeah. I guess let's talk a little. I always find my way when talking Dynasty and in, into the quagmire that is the St. Louis Rams. Um, what are you making of the newest quarterback change? What are your thoughts on the running back transition? Um, and why do you think they hate Stacy so much? I, I don't know. I can't, I can't put it together. Um, it's not a history thing because, of course, Fisher with, with, with Tennessee, he liked to stick with the back. I know he rotated once he had Chris Johnson and Lindale White, but that was kind of a different story, I think. That was a thunder and lightning type package. I don't really know what it is he doesn't like in him. Stacy is is capable in the in the Pats game. I know that's not a glowing endorsement, but he he quits himself fine. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He's it's not like a, it's, it, he's he's not he's not Michael Turner, the kind of guy you have to yank off the field because it's third and more than one. Um, he's he's solid in the passing game. He's a really good runner. Um, Rodovius is in love with the guy, and they build an excellent case on his measurables, his college production. I, I just don't get it. 
Um, I might be biased because I, I very vocally disliked uh, Trey Mason this draft season. Um, I, I own no shares of Trey Mason in Dynasty, none whatsoever. I Even after he's kind of taken the job, I still don't really want any. I don't love his prospects going forward. But Fisher seems to, and he seems to like what he sees in Cunningham, and Stacey doesn't have a role, and it's 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 kind of the top running back mystery for me. I, I just don't get it. I I bought very confidently a lot of um, a lot of Zach Stacy in a lot of my leagues, redraft and and beyond, and I'm I'm stymied by it. I, I do not know why he 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 doesn't want Stacy in his game plan. It's strange to me. Yeah, I think it's weird too. I mean, last year watching Stacy's college tape, you know, from Vanderbilt. It, He's he's a very solid running back, and I, and I don't get it. And he did really well throughout the course of, of last season for the Rams. And and I don't I didn't understand the the Trey Mason pick in the NFL draft, and I don't understand it now. To me, Mason doesn't give you much more than Stacy did, but maybe there's something I'm missing. Apparently, he's he Mason's got good speed. You know, when 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 he's given a hole, and at Auburn, of course, he was given bus size holes by that line and that scheme when he's given a hole he's got nice light quick feet and he moves through it and he's a breakaway guy and, and so forth but there's an awful lot more to it than that you know and, and I, I it's not that I don't think Mason has it it's just that I, we never saw it at Auburn because that was such a bizarre scheme and in the passing game where young backs make their name and get on the field Mason's been abysmal that's why it was so surprising to me that he went from a healthy scratch four or five weeks in a row to feature back. It's it's surprising. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess for me the 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 people I feel the sorriest for are the ones that that like you said heavily invested in Stacy. You know, I kind of I kind of learned my lesson last year with Daryl Richardson and Isaiah Pete and Zach Stacy, and a lot of friends and a lot of owner co-owners that I have that I play with and I at least didn't quite learn that lesson with Fisher. Um, and it, it's just unfortunate that it, it seems to be the same storyline playing out year after year <laughs> with a team coached by Jeff Fisher. Yeah, I guess he has kind of moved toward that. I, I guess I'm always thinking Eddie George with 370 carries, but um, I guess he kind of has. I guess I should have seen it coming. I just I, I love Stacy the player, and I don't love Mason. It's, it's, yeah. Um, what what do you anticipate the the Rams are gonna do with Stacy? Do you think it's someone they just keep? I mean, they can't continue to keep him as a healthy scratch. Like the guy has too much talent. He warrants at least shopping him around. I mean, or do you think they keep him indefinitely as a backup because you know the cost is so low? Well, I mean, if trades, of course, never happen in the NFL, but but they there are a <laughs> lot that makes sense, you know. And if this is the role that Fisher has in mind for Stacy, and he's a dirt cheap back who, who, you know, on on eighteen to twenty two teams in the NFL could step in as their as their starter and, and churn out twelve hundred yard seasons. I don't know why they wouldn't shop him, but um, so maybe that'll happen. But it's a long off season, you know. Mason could could struggle this coming off season as much as he did in his rookie off season. Um, Stacy could do what seems to work for running backs and drop 15 pounds and suddenly he's a beloved commodity again. It's a long offseason. I'm sure they'll keep him through the offseason. I'm sure that he'll be given a chance to to unseat Mason. And given that I don't love Mason, I'd give him 30, 40% odds to beat him out next year. But but yeah, for for fairness sake, to Stacey and to me and everyone else that bought him as their – 
as their fourth and fifth round pick, if not higher. Um, deal the guy, you know? Baltimore, somebody that needs a bigger back, somebody that needs stability at running back. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think they'll just end up keeping him. That's my, yeah. my, I, like you said, these trades don't happen, and nobody's going to give up a lot to get a running back when you can just go and draft one, you know, in the fourth yeah. or fifth round. Um, so last, last question on dynasty, and then we'll move to the the daily and redraft. Um, you know, so so it, kind of in contrast to the mess that is the St. Louis Rams, um, is a similar mess in Cleveland. But strangely, all three running backs are, are moderately productive, both NFL and fantasy-wise. So what's your take on the Browns for this season and then for long term? Do you see it as, as West's job to lose? Do you think Crowell is, is the dark horse? And, and do you see them keeping Tate after this year? Well, I guess if you if you put a gun to my head and you say who, who leads the backfield with touches going forward, I guess I'll say West. Um. They seem to like him. They had such buzz about him this offseason. I think somebody, and I believe it was a Browns assistant coach, compared him to Brian Westbrook, which is a comparison that I didn't get, especially watching him on film. He's kind of a bowling ball type. Yeah, yeah, I I don't get that comparison either watching him. Yeah, I I, I guess you give him the – the, the majority of the carries going forward, but I, I, I prefer Crowell down the road. Um, he's, he's a guy I've compared to Michael quite a bit. They're both, they're both excellent athletes. They're, they're a blast to watch when you, you're, you know, you're a draft prospect guy like I am. And some guys, especially at running back and wide receiver, it seems they pop so much. They're a blast to watch. And that's how Crowell was. He, 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 he had the, the agility, he had the, the slide, the ability, you know, when a back can just slide to the side, he can cut to the side while he's moving forward. It's, it's an awesome thing to see. And he's got that. Um, he's got good enough speed. He's, he, he runs forward, falls forward. Um, I love him going forward. As far as opportunity goes, he's, of course, blocked, but I don't think they have a, I don't think they have a role for Ben Tate next year. You know, as much as when Tate was injured earlier this season, as much as the Browns talked him up, you know, you, you would think that, that he was going to slide right into that feature back role and Crowell and West wouldn't be heard from again until next season or beyond. But he, he hasn't done a thing to establish himself. He hasn't distanced himself at all from the rookies. Um, next year, he's got a $3.7 million cap hit, and they can save almost $3 million of that if they cut Ben Tate loose, which I'm sure they will. They've got a nice one-two punch going forward. I would be buying in on Crowell, whom they seem to trust more in the red zone, which is where you know scoring takes place. Um, and I think he's just a more gifted back. But he's like Christine Michael. He's got issues. He's got ball control issues. He's got um, issues in the passing game. He was never really used there in school. You certainly don't want him picking up blitzers frequently. So I think it's a one-two thing going forward. But if you're if you if if you're if you're taking a flyer on one or the other and all things being equal and their their acquisition costs being equal, I, w- I would go for Crowell, just the more gifted player. Yeah, I think I would have to agree with you on talent. Um, I am a big big Terrence West guy. I just like I like his game. I like what he does. I think he fits what Cleveland is trying to do. Um, but honestly, it's just been a huge question mark. I mean, before last week. West had the least amount of carries. So 
it, it seems to be what's reporting out of, out of their, their their practices. They're going with the weekly hot hand. So I think that's a mess for, for this year. Yeah. Like, you can say it's West going forward, but, you know, you could see Tate get 25 carries this week. It, it's, mm-hmm. it seems rather unpredictable. Um, Not just that, but you can see Tate get 25 carries and then get pulled inside the five and Crowell <laughs> takes two touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah, so so I think, honestly, if you're if you're looking for, like, an RB4, RB3 or RB4, any of those three guys are probably safe for you to start in your flex spot. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't start any of them. And I, and I wrote on this not long ago, you, you know, the, all the talent in the world and stuff, and even some opportunity, like Crowell and West, they get the opportunity, but... If you wouldn't start the guy, you can't go acquire him. You know, I mean, what 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 good is he going to do for you if you, if you if you can't start him? If you can't even put him in the flex? No, that is, that is true. Uh, so let's transition a little bit from dynasty. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk the daily and, and redraft. Um, if you want to give me, why don't you go ahead? If if you can, give me some players at each position um, that you're high on for for this week for week eleven. Well, at running back. Both FanDuel and DraftKings, of course, the major sites, they have both reacted very strongly to, to Jeremy Hill's turd that he laid Thursday. And I can't really put the blame on him. That was that was such a bizarre game with one of the worst quarterback showings we've ever seen. And, and of course, an abandonment of the run game immediately. Um, but both these sites have reacted to that, and Hill is, is – he cost you a low-end running back two salary this week. And it looks like Giovanni Bernard's going to be out at least another week. Um, and he'll, he'll cost you nothing. He's $4,500 on uh, DraftKings. He's 6500 on FanDuel. That's less than the injured Pierre Thomas. It's less than the injured Rashard Jennings. It's less than Ben Tate. It's less than Monty Ball in his return. I think kills your play. I think he's, he's probably the best bet of all DFS players to to – provide the value that actually wins you a week. I mean, he's, he's got 25 points kind of written all over him. Um, I am dipping back into the LaShawn McCoy pool after last week, which was a nightmare. Um, Green Bay, Philadelphia, of course, plays Green Bay this week. Um, Philadelphia is starting the immortal Sanchez, and the Packers have excellent cover corners, so I think this is going to be a run-oriented game. And I think the volume will be there. And if you give volume to a guy like McCoy, if you give him 18 rushes and four little dump-off passes, and you've got a kind of soft front seven like the Packers have, I think that volume turns into something. McCoy is coming cheaper than he should be. He's kind of he's on the very, very low end of the of the running back one pool in both of these leagues. He's, he's my choice out of those guys. That's, of course, if you're not going to go nuts um, – and, and, and spend the highest possible salary on Forte. Forte costs so much more than everybody on DraftKings that you can't even you can't even touch him this week. If you're not going with one of those guys, then you you, you go eight to ten spots down and you grab McCoy. Okay, okay. How about um, how about wide receivers? Well, um, just like last week, uh, the both these sites are cooling big time on Julio Jones. Um, I think it's a pretty strong overreaction. He had a couple of weeks that weren't wide receiver one weeks, but every wide receiver one does. <laughs> um, Jordy Nelson got completely shut down by Keenan Lewis a few weeks ago, but it, it does not make him a lesser receiver at all. 
And Jordy, after he scored in single digits three straight games, um, came back very strong last week with a low FanDuel and DraftKings salary. And he's got a low one again. Um, he's costing less than, than Manny Sanders, less than Golden Tate. He's being priced like a wide receiver too. But at Carolina, where wide receivers are just going crazy on the Panthers' awful secondary, um, he's, he's a very strong play. I don't love recommending guys on the road. I typically skew toward home guys. But the value is just incredible for Julio this week. It really is. Um, beyond him, if you go, if, if you if you want to go a little bit cheaper, I like Martavis Bryant, but his price is really catching up, and it's gone beyond his usage. And at this point, you're paying a lot of money. You're paying almost the same salary you pay Brandon Marshall, and you're really just hoping for touchdowns. You're, you know, you're only going to get four catches, and you're hoping for two of them to be touchdowns. And he's he's become unplayable, which is unfortunate. Um, Anquan Bolden had a huge week last week, and I'm not sure what the Giants cornerbacks are going to do on him, if Rodgers Cromartie is going to shadow him or not. But Kaepernick just adores the guy. He just smothers him with targets. Uh, then you have Brandon Cooks, who's, uh, who's hosting the Bengals. The Bengals secondary has been shaky, and Cooks is just dominating at home. He was outstanding last week against the Niners, who really defend the pass well. Um, Cooks put in another really good home performance last week and he's very cheap he's 6800 um cost you less than brandon lafell less than julian edelman less than martavis um those are guys i'm going after and pierre garçon i like him a lot he's even cheaper at 6500 um his numbers have been down this year and it's kind of hard to explain except to say well backup quarterbacks what can you do but we know how much griffin loves garçon and i know the offense is different and it doesn't it doesn't attack the X. It doesn't attack Garcon quite as much as Mike Shanahan's offense did. But there, there are still a lot of targets there, I think. And Griffin just loves Garcon. Uh, this looks to me like the week. They're hosting Tampa. And Tampa's got the worst cornerbacks in football this year. I think this is the week that Garcon kind of, kind of at least makes some kind of noticeable step back to where we thought he would be. I, I, I could see an 8-8 eight, eight or 9 catch game for Garcon. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, who are some, some quarterbacks, and then we'll finish up with tight ends, that, that you're pretty high on for this week? Well, at quarterback, um, Matt Ryan is, again, priced pretty low. Again, I'm going to pick on the Panthers' pass defense a little bit here because it's pretty bad. Um, again, I don't like starting guys on the road, playing guys on the road. I really don't like doing it with quarterbacks. But Ryan and the, and the Falcons offense for last week and by Joe Jones more the best wide out in football um, and as long as that so that makes for an excellent stack to stack a, a pretty cheap map way too cheap Julio um, another stack I like if you're playing Garcon is to go ahead and play three again he's playing a Buccaneer defense that's just historic Historically bad. Patrick Griffin's not running much, but but he, he doesn't get credit for the passing prolific uh, the prolific passing that he did as a rookie. Um, it didn't really light you on fire that often, but it was so efficient. And then even last year when they were in garbage time mode so much, he threw for some really good numbers. And he can and, and he can again with that arm and, and, and Jake Gruden's offense um, against the Bucks. This this could easily be a three hundred yard, two or three touchdown type of day. And he's extremely cheap. 
Um, Griffin costs you uh, less than Andy Dalton, less than Cam, less than Cutler. Um, he's a great value there. If you're looking for someone even cheaper, I, I, I don't like Sanchez's chance to repeat. I certainly don't like Josh McCown's. But if you're looking to go a little cheaper, and I, as, as a Steeler fan, I just, it's awful to say this, it is. It, it, it's, it, it curls up in my stomach for me to say this, but, but Mettenberger has a really nice matchup. Um, for one, he's he's got talent at the receiver position. He's not really able to utilize it yet, but against our quarterbacks, against the Steelers' quarterbacks, it's not that difficult. Um, I think this could be the breakout week for Justin Hunter, um, even though I'm pretty close to being done with Justin Hunter. I think this could be a breakout <laughs> week for him to catch a long one or two. And um, and Mettenberg, I mean, he costs 6000 He costs the same as Ryan Mallett. He, excuse me. He costs less than his third stringer, Charlie Whitehurst. Um, that's, he's got such a low salary. He's, he's not a bad choice. If, if you're one to just load up at the more important positions, Mettenberger's not a bad flyer. Interesting. Uh, so so you said that, that Andy Dalton costs more than, than, than RG3. Is, is that a mistake, or is, or is that are we expecting a bounce back on the road you know, in, in New Orleans for, for Andy Dalton? Well, I assume that the pricing comes from the fact that he's playing the Saints. And generally, yes, the Saints defense is one you can target. And Dalton is coming off of uh, prior to last week's course he just completely fell apart prior to that he posted 21 and 16 points back to back um like i said popular opinion is that the saints have a very targetable secondary but that's not entirely true and especially especially when they're at home they the saints are just a completely different team in superdome and you've got a quarterback you've got dalton with no confidence at all um i i i guess that's their reasoning for pricing the way they do on FanDuel, yeah, he's sitting at 7900 He's more expensive than Cam, more than Matt Ryan, Eli, Kaepernick, RG3. Uh, over here on Dre, you know, they're not quite as impressed, I guess. Yeah, he's down there on the Ryan Mallet, Drew Stanton uh, range. So DraftKings is kind of making more sense, I'd say, on Dalton, but... If you're playing Fandle, that's obviously a trap you can't fall into, and their quarterback pricing is definitely rough this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so just to kind of finish everything up, are there are there any tight ends that people can save on this week? Tight end is really just stymieing me in DFS this year. I mean, it's stymieing me everywhere because t- tight end is, has been rough this year. Between the, the the top ten guys that have been injured, you know, Pitta, who I owned in pretty much every league. Vernon Davis has missed a bunch of the year for, for a lot of guys. Um, Jordan Cameron, everyone paid top five tight end money for Jordan Cameron. He's fallen apart. Zach Gertz was supposed to explode and hasn't. Um, Ladarius Green was everybody's favorite 10th round pick, and he's done nothing. Tight end is hard week to week here. It really is. I mean, you've got your super safe bets, Gronkowski and Graham. The weeks that these sites don't go nuts on Julius Thomas, he's always a good play. When he's the third to fifth price tight end, he's always a strong play. It looks like his targets are climbing back up again. But beyond a few guys, it, it, it really is a dice roll every week. you got to play the matchups. You've got to see who who's struggling at linebacker and strong safety, who, who's having a lot of who's having a hard time 
corralling tight ends. Um, Mikel Rivera, they're, they're, that's a guy I've come to like the last couple of weeks. But his salary, it's at fifty eight hundred now. It's 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 pretty it's pretty much interchangeable. With Travis Kelsey, you, you, you can't. It, it, his price tag has caught up with his decent production. You can't play him as a streamer in a tournament that nobody else is going to play anymore. So his value is kind of shot. Um, I love Kelsey this week. The Seahawks are just being torn apart by safeties. I don't believe Cam Chancellor is going to play. Um, by tight ends, excuse me. Um, I don't believe Cam Chancellor is going to play, and that hurts him even worse. Um, and Kelsey saw, if I'm not mistaken, he saw his biggest snap count, his largest snap count of the season this past week. So things might really be turning around for him as far as getting more opportunities. This could be that that first really big week he has, I think since the New England game. Um, this could be that first seven for 90 and two touchdown game that we've all been waiting and waiting and waiting for. Um, if you're going dirt cheap, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to backpad a little bit here and say that I, I did suggest that people go after Jared Cook for next to nothing last week. And of course he posted his only decent season or his only decent week of the year. Uh, beyond that, if you're going dirt cheap, I'm not going to tell you to go after Jared Cook anymore. Um, I promise. I promise you that I'm, I'm as out on him as everybody else, but Jordan Reed costs you nothing. Jordan Reed costs 5,200 this week. Uh, the same as Tim Wright, less than Anthony, or the same as Anthony Fasano. Um, that's just absurd. Just like Garcon, that's another guy that Griffin loved last year, really did. Um, and in his, in his four games back from injury, Reed has caught eight, five, seven, and then one pass last week, or, or last game. I'm sorry, they were off last week. Last game, Reed only caught one pass, and that's kept his salary nice and low. But he's got a really high floor. If you're in a cash game, if you're in your 50-50s and you're needing, you're needing a high floor and a high ceiling, Reed is there, and he's, and he's there dirt cheap. And then just like every week, I'm going to suggest Zach Ertz because I think his talent level is through the roof, and he's even cheaper than Reed. He's only $5,100 on FanDuel. Um, DraftKings, he's, he's fallen there as well, not quite as much. But um, – they can still be had quite cheaply there. Um, I think the breakthrough's coming. It may not be. It may not be this season. You know, if Mark Sanchez has that connection to Brent Selleck that we saw the other night, then maybe, maybe this just isn't Ernst's year. But um, he's always a nice flyer to take if you want a dirt cheap tight end and you want to load up elsewhere. It'll do a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. I like those two guys. I like Ernst and, and and I definitely like Reed coming off a bye with with hopefully a healthy healthy Griffin. Uh, so well, thanks for thanks for joining tonight, Justin. Do you want to tell tell our our many listeners where they can find your what you're writing and and um, you know where they can find you on Twitter? Sure, sure. Uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, at Justin Howe, H O W E, Justin Howe FF, as in fantasy football. Um, for fake pigskin, I I write the weekly waiver wire article. Um, I write a bi-weekly dynasty article and. Uh, Mitch Janky and I crank out the DFS picks and fades every week, and you'll be able to see that first thing tomorrow morning. Very cool. Uh, as always, I'm Asher Curzon. You can find me at, on Twitter at RealABC. Uh, and next week, look forward to, to just uh, Jeremy. Excuse me, Jeremy being back with us. You guys have a good night.
Savannah Let me start from the beginning We always hitting So yo, there'll be no extra innings Cause I send the mic out the park like Reggie Jackson You be the minor league who sees no action The coming attraction What? The main feature And I'm a creature Like a rhyming ass creature Lurking all up in the dark unknown parts The brother well prepared is the brother who will start And that's me I keep As long as the ladies move